I must make a confession. I think this is my favorite group right here of anybody that sings. I just, I just enjoy hearing those kids sing. They sing with, with lots of excitement and enthusiasm, and I love that. All right, turn to the book of Psalms tonight. Psalms. Psalms 119. We're going to look at two verses and then get right into the message tonight. <clears throat> Psalm 119. I'm going to be preaching this evening on the subject of understanding and dealing with God's judgments. And we're going to define what, what we mean by God's judgments here in just a moment. But Psalm 119, we're going to look at two verses. We're going to look at verse 7 and then also verse 75. Let's all stand together if you would. <clears throat> Psalm 119 First of all, verse 7 says, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. And then you go over to verse 75, and it says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word and how it speaks to us personally. We pray, Lord, that that would be the case tonight. We pray that you would give us understanding from your, by your Spirit, and Lord, may your word be opened to our understanding that we might behold wondrous things from it. We, we ask, Lord, uh, I ask God that you give me the wisdom and the, uh, the state of mind, the, uh, the understanding to know what to say and what not to say uh, Lord, that uh, I might be filled by your spirit, controlled and directed by you, so that uh, these folks can, can get something that will be profitable and helpful uh, from the Word of God. We ask God that you would speak to our hearts tonight, uh, Lord, to deal with us about your judgments, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. According to definition, judgment is, uh, is a, actually three different things, and we're going we're to look at all three of these, but the, the last one is the one we're going to really <clears throat> focus in on. The word judgment is one of these words in Scripture that is used in more than one way, and uh, you need to, to know how it's being used within the context. For instance, the, the, the most common way that we think of the word judgment is a, a remarkable punishment, an extraordinary calamity that's inflicted by God on sinners. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, I think we could, we could soundly say that that was a judgment, amen? Uh, you know, he, he licked up the, the cities, destroyed them, and they were never rebuilt again. But then there's a, a, a second uh, definition of judgment, and, and uh, judgments are the righteous statutes and commandments of God. Uh, you, you go to Psalm 19, and it talks about God's judgments. In context, it's talking about the word of God. And judgments aren't always, uh, aren't always a negative thing, necessarily. They can also be a very positive thing. Uh, and and uh, uh, his judgments are, are, are statutes and his commandments. And then... There's a, there's a third way that the word judgment is used, and this is the way we're going to be looking at it uh, this evening. 
A judgment in Scripture is a decision made by God that affects me personally. It could be uh, something that's uh, a blessing. It could be something that's adverse. It could be something that, from my perspective, I look at as a, a, a negative or a bad thing, or it could be something that, it, from my perspective, I look at as a blessing or, or a good thing. All of his judgments are righteous. All of his judgments are true. And, and uh, that's what Psalm 119 and verses 7 and 75 remind us of, that regardless of what his judgments are that come across, not just the general ones, but the ones that he makes specifically in your life and in mine. And we've got to agree with God that his judgments are right. All of them. All of them. Uh, you know, you've heard me say, particularly recently, I, th I think within the last year, I've used this term quite a bit, that, uh, that I have looked at some of the things that have happened to some of God's people <clears throat> over, the, over the last year or so, and I don't understand it. it. It may be a negative thing, and you just, and usually that's what it is with, with me. I call it a head scratcher. You know, one where you just go, really? What? I, don't under, I don't understand that. But there's a difference between not understanding and being puzzled by it and not believing that it's righteous and that it comes from God. Now, you can, you can, you can do both at the same time. You can scratch your head and say, I don't understand it, I don't get it, but I do know that God is always right. And all God's people said, yeah, I mean, he's always right. Uh, his, his, his judgments are always true, and they're always righteous altogether. And in, until we perceive that his judgments are right, we can't praise him with uprightness of heart uh, because we're, we're doubting God and, and we're, we're putting into question the, the judgments that he made. Uh, as far as handling it properly, that's exactly what Job did. Go with me to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, and this is probably the classic example that's used more than just about any other one in Scripture about how to respond properly and how to respond rightly. When the judgments of God come across our path, we don't understand them. Uh, from our viewpoint, they're negative judgments. Uh, but, but understand, when, when Job lost his family, when Job lost... His uh, all that he had, uh, when you know, when when his dwelling place uh, went up in smoke, and eventually uh, in round two he lost his health. Uh, Job responded properly, and the way he responded was, for all practical purposes, he said, you know, that God's judgments are right. And God's, God's judgments are pure. And he said that in verses 20 through 22. He didn't use those words, but this is what he said. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Now understand, he didn't, he didn't do any sin that caused these things to come down. As a matter of fact, these things came down because he did right. <laughs> these things came down because in heaven... There was a conversation 
between God and Satan. And God says, hast thou considered my servant Job? And he was bragging on Job and how that, how that uh, uh, Job loved him and Job served him and had, a, had an upright heart. <clears throat> and, and Satan challenged that whole thing and said, yeah, but if you touch him, you know, if you allow uh, the things that are precious to him to be pulled from him, uh, he'll curse you to, to, uh, to your face. And uh, uh, God took up that challenge and allowed these things to come into Job's life. Now, understand, Job had not a clue. I mean, you talk about a head scratcher, okay? Uh, if, if you and I were in Job's shoes, we would have said, you know, somebody came up and says, why is this going on? I said, I don't have a clue. I have no idea why this is going on. And he really didn't know. But look at his response. Then Job arose and ran his mantle uh, and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So basically... What he said was, he says, it was God who decided to give it to me. So if he decided to give it to me, he can decide to take it from me anytime he wants to. And, uh, and he said, he, he, he simply said, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, God is good all the time. We use that term. You know, we, we, say, we say God is good. Yes, bless God all the time. Well, that's good to say when things are going well and sunshine and, and there's no trouble. But... Can we say that, and can we be just as honest about it uh, when, when things fall apart? And if we don't agree with God in these matters of our life, then that becomes sin, and that becomes charging God foolishly, which is what Job would have done had he responded any other way. But because he responded in the way of, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, the Bible says he did not charge God foolishly. So we're going to look at tonight, we're going to look at some truths that we must learn concerning the judgments of God. And this, this really works both ways. Again, usually we think, when we think of the word judgment, we think of something negative, but it isn't always negative. It's, it's sometimes a negative, but it's also sometimes a positive. And uh, we, we, there's some truths that we have to grab a hold of uh, in order to uh, properly respond uh, to the judgments of God in our life. So we're going to look at those, those things tonight. First of all, uh, take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 26. Psalm 26. first thing we need to understand is that no matter how bad it gets, God's good to you. Uh, God's good all the time. And Psalm 26 and verse 3 says, for, the, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. When is it before my eyes? All the time. 
whether the judgment that comes down is, is uh, one that is uh, favorable or whether the judgment that comes down is one that causes me discomfort, it makes no difference. His loving kindness is always there. He loves me. He cares for me. He's kind to me. And, and we need to recognize that all the time. The psalmist said is that, that his loving kindness is always before my eyes. Uh, loving kindness just simply means tenderness or consideration toward others. Uh, don't think that, that when something comes across your path that is adverse, that therefore that the love of God or the care of God should be in question. It's not in question. Right now, as, as an example, and I, and I use this because he's a friend of this church, uh, Brother Faggart has, has had uh, some adverse things happen uh, due to the surgery. And he's had, he's had strokes and he's in uh, great need right now of uh, rehabilitation. And, uh, and it, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to get what he needs because of the, of the cost confinements and so forth. And, uh, and you look at that thing and you say, well, that's, that, that's difficult. Yeah, but remember something? God never stopped loving him. God never stopped caring for him. He still cares for him. He still loves him. There is a purpose. There is a reason for all of this. And, and again, you know, we can say, well, yeah, amen. God, God loves Brother Faggart. Well, he loves you too when that kind of stuff happens. And you have to keep that in the forefront of your mind. That's why the psalmist said that it's before my eyes. In other words, no matter what happens in my life, I see his loving kindness. I know he loves me. Uh, Psalm 68 verse 19 is a verse that we, that we quoted here some time ago and, and as a verse of the month. And it says, he daily loadeth us with benefits. Uh, that's all the time. That's all the time. Uh, he was daily loading Job with benefits, even though uh, he had just about everything taken from him, and he was faced with tragedy after tragedy after tra tragedy, God was still daily loading him with benefits. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3, right after the book of Jeremiah. Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3, look at me in 22 and 23. Verse 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. In other words, we deserve to be consumed daily. Uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, we are sinners that are saved by grace. We don't deserve the good that we get. And the reason why we don't get what we deserve is because, because of his compassions and of his mercies. Verse 23, they are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. And drop down to verses 31 and 32. Verse 31 says, for the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, yet Will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies? Why? Because you can't, you, can't, you can't separate those. He might cause some grief, but there's a purpose in the grief. He might cause some sorrow, but there's a purpose in the sorrow. And we need to understand that even in the sorrow and the grief, 
that there is the compassion of God and there is the kindness and there is the mercies of God. Mercies and compassions are new and they're plentiful every single day. Uh, you can't see, however, his loving kindness, his benefits, his mercies, and his compassions if you have a complaining, doubtful, or a spirit of little faith. Uh, that was the problem that the 10 spies had when they went and were sent into the land when they were in the wilderness uh, of Israel with were uh, in the wilderness with Israel and and God sent them into the land there was 12 of them 10 came back and said oh man the land's too big it'll swallow us up we're like grasshoppers in their sight uh, we we just there's just no way we can take this this land and Joshua and Caleb came back with a totally different perspective. Their perspective was, was that, listen, God is able. We may not be, but God is. And, uh, and, and we, can, we can take the land. Uh, they saw God. They saw victory. They saw the possession of the land. But because those folks had a complaining spirit, they didn't see the mercies of God. They didn't have God's loving kindness before their eyes. And because of that, they lost sight of what it was that God wanted, wanted to accomplish through them. Second thing that we need to, to, to understand is that when, when God deprives us or takes things from us, we see how sweet and how wonderful he is and, and how sweet and wonderful the things around us are. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. And verse 7 says, The full soul loatheth an honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Sometimes God deprives us of things so that we understand just how sweet he has been to us and how the things that are around us really are, are a blessing. Never forget that, that, that God is the great compensator. And this is the truth that for the last few years, God has really, really nailed home to my heart over and over again. And I've watched it. I've seen it. Not just in my life. I've seen it in the lives of other people. You see it in Scripture. Uh, Jacob, before he went to meet Esau, he uh, had a wrestling match with God one night. And uh, he wouldn't give up. Uh, he wanted a blessing from God. And what, what God did was he touched the hollow of his thigh. He heard him. He heard him. From that day forward, Jacob never walked the same. He never did. Uh, he limped. Uh, why? Well, because he was weak in that, in that leg. Yet what he got in exchange was a blessing. So he walked away with a limp, but he also walked away with the blessings of God. Why? Well, because God's a great compensator. Got a, a great illustration. I just heard this just the other day. I was talking to, to, to uh, my son, Joel, and of course they're back from, from Brazil when they left Brazil, it was a really, really tough time, particularly for, our, for uh, their youngest son, Seth. Uh, 
<clears throat> Seth had to give up his two dogs. They had two, two dogs, and of course, you can't, you're not just going to give them to somebody and say you can have them for a year, but then we want them back when we come back. Uh, and they didn't have anybody that was willing to do that, so they had, to, they had to get rid of, they had to give away those two dogs. And he struggled with that. He struggled big time. And one of the things he struggled with was, uh, you know, if I was a missionary kid, I wouldn't have to give up my dog. Uh, and he, he struggled with it. I mean, he just, he, he, he kind of fought the Lord on the thing. Well, then he comes back to the States. And th this happened just recently. Uh, I think it was just this week. He's in, he's in, uh, oh, this is neat. He's in Fleet Farm. Uh, I believe it's the one in, in uh, Green Bay. And uh, he's a chatty kind of kid. You're, you'll see it when he's here. And uh, he uh, uh, makes friends very, very easily. And he was talking with a lady and got to have a conversation with her. And he, he, he told her who he was and, and the fact that they had spent six years in Brazil as, as, with his family as missionaries and so forth. And on and on he went. And uh, she, she uh, told him a little bit about herself. And then, then they parted company. A little while later, this woman's coming back up to him, and this is the way he explained it to me. He said, Grandpa, he says, you know what she did? I says, no, I have no clue. He said, she gave me a secret handshake. She, uh, she, no, she, he said, he ga she gave me the secret handshake, not just a, the secret handshake. And, uh, and I said, secret handshake? Yeah, you know, the lumpy kind. You know, the kind that has money on the, in the palm. And when he pulled away and looked at it later, she gave him 40 bucks. Now, mom and dad took that uh, opportunity to say, excuse me, but you need to understand, if you weren't a missionary's kid, that never would have happened. You know what God was doing for little Seth? He was compensating. He said, okay, you got to get rid of the dogs. All right, that's tough. I know that. Listen, we serve a good God. Can I tell you that? We serve a good God. If he deprives you of something, somewhere down the line, he will compensate. He will compensate. And that compensate, you know, don't, don't try and, and put him in a box because you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, he'll compensate in, in, in ways that will absolutely amaze you. But, uh, but his mom and dad were smart enough to, and, and connected the dots and said, yeah, okay, you had to give up the dogs, but look what, and, and when we got on FaceTime, he was showing me, he, he got, a, he got a, uh, a gun that uh, uh, it doesn't shoot anything, but you put a bullet in, you cock it, you, you, pull, the, uh, you pull the trigger, and it, it, it makes a sound like a real gun and all that kind of stuff. Uh, man, he had a big smile on his face. I don't think he had tears in his eyes like he did when he was giving up the dogs. Uh, you know why? Well, because God is a compensator, and he takes care of his own. Um, those, uh, and, and this is a great example of, of uh, uh, how th this verse that we just read in Proverbs about every bitter thing is sweet. When uh, there's some of you that have lost your taste when you got COVID. How many of you lost your taste when you got COVID? Okay, several of you did. Um, we got COVID twice and we never, we never lost our taste. 
But those that did said, told me that, wow, once the, the taste came back, whoo, everything tasted really, really good. Well, well, so then why did God allow you to lose your taste? So you could appreciate what you had. And, and the Lord does that. Uh, God's removals are designed to help us uh, appreciate what we already have. And so, so there are times when he will take some things that are dear to our hearts. That's, that's his judgment. That's his judgment. That's his decision in our life. Third thing that we, that we need to understand about his judgments is his judgments teach us how to ask things of him with a surrendered heart and in accordance to his will. Take your Bibles and turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 26. This is a passage that I'm sure everyone in here probably is, is familiar with. Matthew chapter 26. This is Jesus Christ in the garden. Matthew 26. And look with me. Um, Start in verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And of course, he's, he's praying, he's getting ready to be captured, to, to go before Herod, and then eventually be crucified on the cross for your sins and mine. And in verse 37, he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then, then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. In other words, he had a, he had a surrendered spirit. We, we need to, to get ourselves to the point where a God's will is more important than our will. And we're, we're willing to give in to God's will, even though it may conflict, conflict with our will. Go to, go to Philippians chapter 4. We looked at this earlier uh, this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verses having to deal with With contentment, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13 says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, uh, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. And he was talking about the fact that there was a time when, uh, when people were just not, not uh, ministering to his needs uh, the way that maybe that they should have. Uh, and, and so he lacked a little bit. Verse 11 and not that I speak in respect of one. In other words, he said, I don't want you to think I'm complaining. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And he was resigned to what God had planned for his life. Uh, those are the judgments of God that come across. Sometimes it's, it's a judgment that causes us to abound. Sometimes it's a judgment that causes, to, causes us to suffer want. But in either case, 
uh, we need to learn. And one of the things God wants to teach us is to be content in whatsoever state we're in. Go to uh, uh, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And in 1 John 5, look down at verse, uh, verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And that's the important part. We have to ask it according to his will. And I believe part of that is also being surrendered to whatever his will is and saying, not my will, but thine be done. Uh, go with me over to James chapter 4. Back up a little bit, book of James. James chapter 4. And look down in verses 13 through 15. James 4, 13 says, uh, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Um, you know we need to we need to come to God with a, a surrendered heart, and uh, and realize that uh, that our our ways are in His hands, and our desires should be according to His will, not our will, but His. Another thing that we need to understand about God's judgment is is that God brings difficulty and trouble into our lives, that that others will benefit. Go to Second Corinthians chapter one. 2 Corinthians 1. I don't know if you have this problem, but I do. You know, uh, just about all the time I go through something and it may be a head scratcher in my life. And uh, while I'm going through it, I say, okay, Lord, now what's the purpose of this? What, what are you trying to teach me? Uh, if, it's, if it's chastisement, then what have I done wrong? If it's not chastisement, then what am I supposed to learn? And, uh, uh, you know, I go to the Lord. And, you know, there are times when God is just absolutely, completely, totally silent on the whole matter. And I walk away from the thing, and I don't have any more clue uh, walking away than I had walking into it what in the world God was doing. And, and, you know, we look at those things and we say, well, well you know, Lord, Lord what, what was it? What was the benefit that I was supposed to get out of this whole deal? I mean, what was it you were trying to teach me? What was it you were trying to show me? You know, the amazing thing is sometimes God comes back and says, you know, I wasn't trying to show you anything. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Uh, because it wasn't about me. It was about somebody else. It's about somebody else. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying in this passage. Look in verse 3. It says, Blessed be God, even the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we 
ourselves are comforted of God. And here's, here's, the, here's the thing. If you're going to learn, you say, well, that's a great lesson to learn that God is our comfort. Yeah, but you got to go through tribulation to get it. <laughs> and then you can pass it on to somebody else. Verse 5, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Not for his, for theirs, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolations. Uh, for for we, would, we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we dis despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, uh, thanks may be given uh, by many on our behalf. And uh, basically what he's saying is, is, this wasn't for my benefit, this was for your benefit. I went through what I went through so you could see that God takes care of his own so that you could see that God gives, gives strength. And many times God brings difficulty and trouble into our life, not, for, not so much for us. It may not be anything that he wants to teach us, but he wants to, to encourage uh, other people through, through our difficulty. Uh, trouble can unify people. Trouble can bring comfort and instruction but only when it's responded to properly. When it's seen as the judgments of God and it's seen that his judgments are true and righteous altogether. Um, God's, you know, God's judgments, for instance, uh, on, on, on Job had nothing to do with Job and had everything to do with uh, God bragging on one, one of his children and uh, uh, just simply... Uh, bragging on him because of the devotion that Job had to his God, and and others were were able to see it. And you think you think about the testimony. I, I realize his wife struggled with a thing, and she said, "Why don't you Why don't you just curse God and die?" And then she walked away from it. But she saw through the process. She saw God sustain him, and not only sustain him, but again, you talk about a compensator. You go to the end of the book of Job, and he is tremendously compensated for everything that, that happened uh, in his life. And his wife got a chance to see all that. Maybe one of the reasons why God put him through all that was so that she could learn something. Not so much that he could learn something. Then another thing that we need to understand uh, in order to deal with uh, God's judgments in our life is to, to be thankful for God's judgments regardless of how they may affect you. Um, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. 
again, another familiar verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It says, in everything. In other words, when you're going through stuff, uh, whether it be something that is, again, what we would consider a blessing or what we would consider adverse, in everything give thanks. Give thanks. Be thankful to God. You go to uh, uh, Ephesians 5.20 and it says, giving thanks always, always for all things. Not just in all things, but for all things. The things that we appreciate and even the things that we don't necessarily appreciate. And uh, uh, take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5. Romans chapter 5, <clears throat> look with me down in verse, um, verse 3. It says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And then he continues on, patience, experience, experience, hope, and love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. But, uh, but what, he, what he says there is that we glory in difficulties, not just the blessings, because the difficulties are ordained of God, and God has a purpose. Now, again, you won't necessarily always know what that purpose is, but you can be assured that if that judgment comes across your path, that it was designed by God to affect you and to affect you in a good way. Uh, you go to uh, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the passage of, of Paul getting the thorn in the flesh. He asked God three times to remove it. God's final answer is, my grace is sufficient for thee. But look in verse 10. It says, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Notice, notice the things that Paul said he took pleasure in. He took pleasure in infirmities. Those are weaknesses, uh, defects, imperfections that are, were in his life. Uh, reproaches. Reproaches are other people uh, seeing us as contemptible or disgraceful. There were people that thought that, uh, you know, that, that uh, the Apostle Paul was just a mess. Now, you and I know he was probably one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. And yet there were people that hated his Guts. I mean, they just absolutely hated him. And, and he said, you know what? He says, I praise God for that, those kind of things because there's, there's some things that I can learn through it. Uh, he talks about necessities. Necessities are just simply things that are, are needed, that are necessary in our life, and we're deprived of those things. Um, distresses, uh, extreme anxiety, uh, sorrow or pain. Persecutions, of course, that's oppression of the enemy. Uh, and, and he said, I, I do all that, and all of that happens to me for Christ's sake. Because he was serving God, those things took place in his life. And he understood that they were part of the judgments of God in his life, and he was to be thankful and glory in those things. Uh, realize that both, both the positive and the negative judgments that come from God 
uh, have are there for a purpose. They're, we have those things in our life because there's something that God is trying to accomplish, whether it's he's trying to accomplish it in us or he is using us as an example so he can accomplish something in someone else. You know what that, you know what that requires? That requires trust. That requires faith on our part. And, and we have to have faith in the one who decreed the judgment. You know, and again, and I've said this so often, but I, 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 don't think, I don't think I can say it too much. We have a personal God. He is so personal. He does not work in your life like he works in my life. He does not work in your life like he works in your wife's life. He does not work in your life like he works in your husband's life. He does not work in your life like he works in your children's lives. Why? Well, because all of us are on different levels at different stages, have different needs. I'm glad that he doesn't just have a, you know, a standard formula and just whips out the judgments, you know. Uh, I'm glad that he does so personally. Well, when you understand that, when you get a hold of that, you realize, listen, his judgments personal judgments on my life are true and righteous all together, not just the ones I can understand, but even the ones that I can't understand. And then, then the, the, the last thing we need to, 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 to grasp a hold of, and the last truth, is to realize that the judgments of God are out of my area of control. I have absolutely nothing to do with what God brings into my life or deprives me of or takes out of my life. Uh, my responsibility is to respond properly. That's always our response. Listen, you, you know, one of the things I've, I've learned over the years, and it took me a long time to get this, I can't change anybody. I can't. I really can't. Now, I can be an influence and I can try to help them, but I can't, I can't make anybody change. Somebody wants to be mean, they're, they're gonna be mean. <laughs> and it, you, I may, I may uh, be the one that is on the receiving end of that meanness, okay? Well, uh, God could have taken them out of my life if he wanted to. If he, if he didn't do it, there was a reason for it. And uh, again, I can't, I can't control uh, the way that they respond, but I certainly can always control the way that I respond. And that's my responsibility. Uh, a proper response to, uh, to blessings and prosperity, it, it, which is some of the judgments of God. God will, will judge us with, with blessings, and he'll judge us with Prosperity, and again, we don't usually think that way. We usually think judgment is a negative thing, but it can be a positive thing too. And, and uh, that's just as important to respond to properly as it is the, the, the other things that come across our path. It is so important for us to, to respond properly to all of his judgments. And what we need to do, again, our responsibility is to examine our life for cause and effect. Maybe... Maybe the, the judgment that has come across my, my, my path and my life is because God's chastening me. Maybe God's trying to get my attention on something. Uh, maybe it is a cause and effect. 
Maybe I did something that I, that I should not have done and therefore I am reaping the, the, the benefits. Well, they are benefits because he's, he's trying to, to help us to get right and to, and to get back with him. But we, we, we need to realize it could, it could be chastisement. Um, our responsibility is to connect the dots, all right? Uh, we, we should look for the cause and, and then hook that with the effect. Regardless of what the reason is, the bottom line in this whole thing is to, number one, realize and be willing to admit that God's judgments are righteous and true all together, all the time. There is never a time when his judgments are wrong. God is always right. And then secondly, we need to be surrendered to whatever those judgments are that come across our path. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, tonight uh, it's been good to just be reminded of the fact that uh, whenever you make a decision, it's always a good one. You never make bad decisions. You never make wrong decisions. And that's easy for us to agree to when we see it in general circumstances and we see it in the lives of others. Sometimes it's a little difficult to agree to when it falls across our path. And uh, Lord, we just need to be reminded of the fact that uh, you're always right. You're always right. And uh, our responsibility is to trust you, is to believe you. Our responsibility is to be surrendered to you, and our responsibility is to have the right response. Lord, uh, I pray that, uh, you know, tonight you may be dealing with someone about something that they've struggled with in their life. Might be something in the past, might be something that's going on right now. Father, I pray that uh, those that uh, are, are struggling a little bit right now, I pray, Father, that they would realize and they would agree that your judgments are true and your judgments are right all together, all the time. And secondly, uh, may they be willing to be surrendered to you. That takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of trust. Lord, you have proved yourself, at least to me, and I know to many of these folks, over and over and over again. You know, uh, we, get, we get so critical sometimes of, of Israel when we take a look in the Old Testament and see how you took care of them time and time again, and then the next time the next problem came, they started to doubt you immediately. The truth of the matter is, we do the same thing so often. So often. Uh, Lord, help us, help us to have faith in you and just trust you every step of the way and realize that your judgments are true and righteous altogether and believe that you'll take care of us. God, please deal with us in this invitation, as you deal with us, may we say yes to you and, and respond to the promptings of the Spirit of God upon our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all